Vader flashing back to Anakin. Like, it shows that shit was there. Like, Luke was the focal point for this, but there was still, like, other times where, where it made itself known that he was still Anakin in there. No, 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 no. For, for sure, for sure. I'm just saying, obviously, Vader could smoke uh, Starkiller. We, we saw him do oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Time. We've seen that. But that's why I'm saying. So he doesn't do a Sith stalker. Right, that's what I'm saying. Anakin at his height, literally, Revenge of the Sith Anakin versus Starkiller. I really do believe Starkiller is way, was way more advanced in the Force than Anakin was at that specific point. Anakin was a better swordsman, know. for sure. A yeah, Anakin still killed Count Dooku, so it's like... Count Dooku couldn't stand, stand up to Starkiller. That's not saying much. I don't Star know, Killer man. probably would have killed him easier. Count Dooku had the curved lightsaber. I'm just saying that makes the shit powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's kick this off. Welcome to an all new episode of Star Wars Saturday. It's been forever. I know. I know. I also know that we probably won't be releasing this on a Saturday. So shut up, people. Um, But I am your host, Jawan, joined by some of the most trained in the force that you can find out there. Starting with Dakota. It's been too long. What's going on, man? It has been, it has been a while, you know, man, life, uh, oh, life just, life happened, uh, I think the last <laughs> episode was before my daughter was even born, so, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's been a while. Yep, new so dad. It's good to be back, though. Absolutely, well, shit, this is my, Yeah, this is my second one, so I'm, uh, it's not that I haven't done before, but it's always, uh, always a bit of an adjustment with the little one. Absolutely. Uh, definitely. I gave you, we gave you congrats before, but definitely still congrats are in order, man. Um, Thank you. Thank you. A blessing. Um, AJ, what's going on, man? I didn't potted with you like 30 times today, but what's going on, AJ? Oh, pretty good. Feeling nice and refreshed. Um, Ahsoka <laughs> is the greatest Jedi slash non-Jedi ever created in Star Wars. All right, um, stronger no, than, all right, hold on, hold on. Stronger than Anakin, stronger than Starkiller, stronger than anybody you can ever say. No, no, no. no. I mean, I guess we're going to see this this Friday, so that'll be cool. First of all, AJ, if I was even to remotely let you have one of those, you damn sure ain't having both. You ain't going to say the best Jedi and non-Jedi. Pick one. Jedi and non-Jedi. No, pick one. That is one. I mean, technically, she's a great Jedi, so, I mean, you can can call her a great Jedi. Oh, my goodness. No, so her lightsabers are yellow. She's not a great Jedi. Um, All right, let's get into this. Dakota, me and AJ have actually been reviewing The Mandalorian uh, Season 2 since it started. Um, So I want to give you your opportunity to kind of – Kind of tell us what your thoughts have been for these past, what, three weeks so far? Yeah, I think this is the fourth week. Um, how do you think this season two has been shaping up so far? Uh, yeah, and I, I kind of alluded, when we were talking about it at first, I kind of alluded to it. It's okay so far. Like, it's not great. It's not terrible. I will admit seeing Bo-Katan in, like, real life, that shit was fucking dope. Um I don't know. It just seems like most of the episodes have just been like, hey, look at this. Hey, look at that. Hey, look over here. What's going on over there? It's just, I don't know. Like, I'm a very story-oriented person, and it just seems like, eh, I don't know. 
maybe it's just the story hasn't picked up yet but i don't know i i need a little bit more if i'm gonna say it's anywhere near as good as the first season you know um i think the level of expectation has just grown tremendously for this second yeah and Um, there's like so much attention to detail and i cannot stress how much attention to detail is paid on this show it just seems like the focus sometimes is a little bit too much on like the details and not so much on the overarching story if that makes sense it makes like i don't need to see baby i don't need to see baby yoda eating baby frogs for like you know five scenes like that guy you could have shown it one time i would have gotten it i will say the biggest flaw that this it looks like this season has is it's it's looking to do and it's the same problem i thought rise of the the skywalker had it's looking to do way too much fan service um yeah exactly like you can't please everybody so it's no spending 40 30 minutes just like like showing how beautiful shit is and oh look here's sand people look at them we haven't seen them in a while like it's just i I will say i will say favreau sometimes it looks like from the again we're only three episodes in so we're not judging as a whole yeah, but, I'm not being overly critical, just to be right. overly critical. I'm just right. It does look know. like sometimes Favreau gets himself into these uh, ideals of this being too much of like a western. Like West, yeah. I don't know if you guys ever watched like really old westerns, but there were times like in like a western movie, there'd be like a lull for like 30 minutes of them doing something that's so unimportant to the story that you're just like, what am I watching? And then it finds its way to kick back in. And then you're like, okay, all right, good. We're back. We're back. But what's actually one of the things I appreciate about The Mandalorian is the fact that, like, someone watching it would be like, oh, it's just another Star Wars show. And I'm like, it's really not. I mean, this is like straight up Bonanza episodes. Like, because I'm a huge fan of Westerns myself. Um, And, you know, I, I spent a lot of time when I was a kid watching Westerns and. Like Gunsmoke and Bonanza are two of my favorites. And you also got the Rifleman. And a lot of those elements are very present in The Mandalorian. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Just because it's yeah. you don't get that too often where you can blend two genres like sci-fi and westerns. Like you had the whole Cowboys and Aliens movie, but I don't know. That <laughs> that movie was uh it was weird when it came out and it's still weird like years yeah. later. So that movie I always said John Favreau that movie was great in theory, but it's one of those things to where it's like what he did with that movie is what we used to do like when we would imagine things and then act it out with our toys. But it was never something that could that could, you know, literally kind of jump from just that to being like on the big screen. Like it just doesn't really translate that well because it's yeah. such a weird concept. Cowboys and like what no that's like the most that sounds more like a parody than it does but then again like serious in the same aspect you can take like you don't have to take every element but you take the one concept like this lone rider uh with you know his unexpected passenger and you know that's a common theme across a lot of westerns not just television shows but movies in general too um and they did that well. It's just, yeah, like you're saying, now you're getting to that point where they're just like, oh, we saw what worked in the first season. All the fans just like to look at every single frame of the episode for every single possible Easter egg. So we're just going to jam as much Easter eggs as we can in there. And it's right. like, you know, you're you're sacrificing a bit of the substance for the 
uh, appeal of it. You're selling too much of this as one, not enough of the steak. You, you can tell, with that being said, you can tell that the, that's literally the only fans, um, the fans only care about is, is the Easter oh, I was going to say, what are we talking about in OnlyFans now? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, right. the Mandalorian having an OnlyFans would be Hey, hey, I, I will buy that. He just slowly time. removes pieces of his armor, like showing an arm. <laughs> no, but no, he never Bo- takes Bo- his Bo-Katan helmet off. No, never takes the helmet off. That's the ultimate tease, never takes his helmet off. But, uh, <laughs> no, Send I me mean, a tip for a wrist shot. <laughs> Dakota, I am curious to, to hear what your thoughts are. Me and AJ agreed, not this last episode with, with Bo-Katan, the one before, we thought was a filler. And in your second season where you're kind of supposed to heighten everything, like if, if season one had, had things at a 10, you're supposed to jump to a 20 in your second season. And you're giving us eight episodes, I believe, there is no room for fillers. Like that's what you were supposed to get out of the way in season yeah. one. Yeah. Season yeah, two. Yeah, and I get that too. Every but I honestly like I like the way the second episode was done. Again, they had a little bit too much with the uh with setting up things around it. But uh I don't know. All things considered, like the spider chase was cool as shit. Right. Uh, it was actually like, I don't know, it evoked a response in me, so that was pretty cool. Um you know, and, and it was cool with the whole X-Wings at the end. And, you know, there's Dave Filoni being an awesome X-Wing pilot. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that he kept the Wolfpack symbol. That shit's dope. Um, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I have to imagine this, the the season's going to find its legs within the next few episodes. I hope. Either that or it's just not going to be as good of a season as the first season, which is not terrible. And also, I'm being hyperly critical because I literally just finished watching the wire this week so that shows a masterpiece it's probably my favorite show of all time um that, that is and i just show, yeah that is the one show that i always go either way so like if someone came to me and was like yo i just saw the wire it's the greatest show ever i could yeah. go yeah i see that but if someone came to me and said yo that was probably one of the more boring shows that i've watched i would go I could understand where you kind of get that from. Oh, yeah, uh, season two. Season two takes a minute to get used to, but once you get in there, man, it's it's good. Now, I like the the thing I like about The Wire is how timely it was for the time it was made and like the way the way things took uh, the way things went in history. It's just a uh, I don't know, a very forward thinking show, and you know, it's just one that I can revisit and always feel the same about it as I did the first time. Like, I, I don't know. I grew up around police. My stepdad was a cop. So, I mean, that's that was pretty much my entire childhood. I'll say this. Uh, I, I always compare The Wire to, because I, I came onto The Wire late. Like, I just watched it last year. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was great writing, great storytelling. But I compare The Wire to The Dark Knight, to where no one left The Wire going, man, those good guys, though, they were great. <laughs> No yeah, one nobody's that. entirely good in this show. That's the whole point. That, that's that's fair, but it legit was led by all of the bad guys. Like all the best performances came from literally all of the bad guys. Oh, yeah. Um which it, yeah, there's, there's a reason Omar's everyone's favorite. Oh, for <laughs> sure. For sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, ha- just, I have oh, a, shit now. Omar. Omar's the best. I haven't watched The Wire, but you one of the to. things HBO Max, man. That's what oh, like, I, I, I know where it's at, and I am yeah. going to watch it. Um, all but, the streaming services, like 
HBO Max has the best best value for your money. One hundred percent. This is a Star Wars podcast. One hundred percent. Here I am. Um, but yeah, but, but yeah that's what I'm comparing it to. It's just me being overly critical because I just watched the masterpiece of a show. Yeah. Um, but with the Mandalorian, the one thing that um I do not like is that it's episodic. Um, we were you were just talking about HBO Max, where the series itself it doesn't flow as an episodic series, but it just flows like as a one type of story arc, like with um, Watchmen or um, Game of Thrones or um, Spartacus. They're all like one type storylines throughout each season. But with um, The Mandalorian, it's episodic and it can feel a little choppy um, for a little bit. And I agree with that, but... I, I guess it's fine with Star Wars. It, I would rather it to be like a, a Watchmen type of story arc instead of like an episodic, which feels weird, but I still love the show as a whole. I, I will say out of all this uh, geek-like shows that we've gotten in streaming services, The Mandalorian is probably the only one that I could safely say could just be a movie it could literally be a two and a half hour 100 percent, yeah um where it reduces all the filler and just gives you the highest points and is one of the best star wars movies ever um but it deciding to be episodic one thing i would always tell showrunners is and listen to me saying one thing i would tell them like i mean anything <laughs> but one suggestion i would make is if if, you, if you're only giving me eight episodes right I would tell you focus all your filler in season one because season one are always, it's like when you're setting a table and you're putting your knives, your forks, your spoons, your tablecloths, everything down, you're setting the table. Once you set the table and you bring out the food, don't then tell me I got to wait 20 more minutes for you to bring out a dish or you to bring out this or you to bring, no, give me my goddamn food. So once you set the table with season one, season two, let us eat. Give us nonstop action. Give us great story. Give us uh, great visual shots. Give us all that. Don't give me an episode where I'm legit just like, that was a really cool thing where like that big uh, spider was chasing them. Like, yeah, that, that was cool. Like, no, give me, give me better than that. Um, and and yeah, don't, like, give me, don't give me five scenes of Baby Yoda murdering a fucking frogs on unborn offspring right and and like we said dakota there's nothing wrong with filler because some of the greatest uh shows of all time have filler that's not the problem the problem is those shows that gave us filler were like 22 episodes 23 episodes 15 episodes even so it's like yeah you kind of got the room to do that when you tell me there's eight and i'm waiting weekly for that shit don't give me filler (laughs) <laughs> don't give me filler there's no need for that there's just yeah no I, I completely agree shame shame on you favreau and feloni for we shame that. we deserve we're just being we're just being extremely nitpicky obviously oh, of course of course you know we're all huge but like it's the mandalorian like it's a great show but now we can give it shit because you know we know what to expect of it right you set the bar so high it's like it's like Daredevil season one. You set the bar high. If season two didn't bring didn't bring it, we're looking at it like, bro, like what? <laughs> like you just showed. I'm still not ready to talk about Daredevil. 
I'm still pissed about that whole thing. <laughs> I'm so pissed about that. <laughs> I think that's what initially got me, got the ball rolling for my eventual hatred of Netflix because I love Daredevil and I love The Punisher and both of them got fucking canceled and I'm, I'm still not over it. To be fair, it was less them being canceled and more so Feige kind of being like, I want to do something with those characters. So y'all going to have to wrap that shit up. Yeah, but here's the thing. You're not even going to keep the same damn actors. Like, you know damn well they're not going to keep the same actors if they bring them back. That is fair. That's a shame because Charlie Cox is an amazing daredevil. Uh, He's he's just... uh, And and I I literally could not speak enough to John Bernthal as the Punisher. He's my favorite Punisher. And that's hard for me to say because I love the Thomas Jane Punisher too. Like, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'm probably the only the only American that preferred Ray Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hate Ray Stevenson either, honestly. Like each Punisher movie, like Punisher's not meant to be like a glossy movie. It's gritty and dark as fuck. That's what right. the Punisher is. You know, that's why like you they can't go the route of a Deadpool thing where they just make him snarky as shit because that's not the Punisher. Right. Like a like a Punisher movie has to be brutal. It has to be dark. I would fucking love to see Liam Neeson as the Punisher. Tell me how dope that shit would be. Like Liam Neeson. Oh wait, I think we. I think we, we just lost him. Hold on. Let me see if I can get him back. Um. But no, I mean, getting back to the the Mandalorian, AJ. Me and you have already stated this. We we love it. We love this this uh oh wait, we got Dakota back. Hold on. Hey. All right, there we go. There we got we you go. back. We got you back. Hold on, you're connecting your audio. All right, we got you back, Dakota. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, you're good. Um no, so we were looping back, Dakota. Um, no, obviously, like you said before, we love the Mandalorian. We're huge fans of it. We just expect more. I mean, it it honestly, if I can compare season two to anything, it'd be comparing it to season seven. Star Wars, The Clone Wars, those few uh, episodes of Ahsoka's arc, I didn't need any of that shit. Like, you could have just given me more of the Battle of Mandalore and less of, like, you showing me what Ahsoka's been up to. I don't really care. I, that, I, that, I liked it. I, I'm not saying it was bad, just like I don't think the Spider episode was bad. It's just when you've condensed something, I don't need... Those were fillers. However good you thought they were, they were obviously fillers. The main story was what you got in the last three or four episodes. Um, so obviously it was meant to fill. It was meant to kind of give you guys this is what Ahsoka's been up to. This is her philosophy. She still kind of thinks the same way. All that was 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 given when Ahsoka went back to Anakin and Obi Wan and was kind of like, yeah, I forgot how much I fucking hated you guys. That explained. Oh nope, she still believes the same thing. Boom. It got the same reaction. So to me, it was just like, give us what we want, which is that final arc, all the action, all the stuff we've been looking forward to. Um, it, but again, again, we're three episodes in, fourth episode coming this this Friday. Um, you give me Ahsoka in this episode, it literally wipes out that one uh, filler episode that you gave me. And I forget completely about it. And I'm just probably just, uh, in love with the screen, seeing Rosario Dawson as, as Ahsoka Tano. Um, so, I mean, look, they only have up to go from here. Um, but one thing I definitely wanted to point out was, Dakota, I, I wanted you to talk a little bit more before we move on from The Mandalorian. Um, your thoughts specifically on um, 
uh, God, Bo-Katan's beef with um, God. Why do I forget his name? Uh, that has the 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 dark saber. Moth oh, Gideon. Moth Gideon. Moth Gideon. Um, I, I was reminding AJ. I think. I don't know if we talked about it specifically. I think we kept saying Sabine had it last. But um, Bo-Katan had the Darksaber last. So that's why she's taking uh, a lot of, um, uh, of, of aggression out on the idea that he stole it from her. Now, this is what I want, I, I want to toss over to you, Dakota. I wholeheartedly believe uh, Moth Gideon's quest for Baby Yoda is purely driven by Palpatine. I do believe Palpatine right now is what is driving Moth Gideon. Um, I thought you said Thrawn. No, 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 no. I don't no. Think either, I, yeah, either is a possibility. I do think Thrawn is the strategist for what's what's happening with Moth Gideon, but I do believe his obsession okay. with Baby Yoda is the bigger is the bigger picture, which is Palpatine. Um, you're not telling me Moth Gideon wants this Force user so bad just so he can kill it. I think he wants it so they can start bringing in these Force users to turn them. Um, there's a reason he wants this child specifically. Um, and, and I do think it's a weird obsession that, that's coming from Palpatine. So what I'm saying is, AJ, if there was a, a pecking order, Palpatine's all the way at the top. He's kind of directing it to Thrawn. Thrawn's directing it to Moth Gideon. Um, and, and you know, Moth Gideon's acting out uh, what the, orders are. The only thing I don't agree with is that pecking order you're talking about. I don't think Moth Gideon is listening to Thrawn just because Moth Gideon has the same title as Thrawn. They have the same amount of power yeah, as but each other. If you're Thrawn, you know you have the shoulder of Palpatine. And I don't think Palpatine's only talking to Thrawn. I think I think Moth Gideon has had a run-in with, with with Palpatine. He understands where he where you know where he stands in this, and it doesn't necessarily mean that um, Thrawn is his boss. It just means like the pecking order is like no matter what your title is, I I favor this guy. Like I, I trust him. I've been through wars with this guy, you know. So it's like Moth Gideon, you've earned where you're at, but relax, you know, like like relax for a second. Um, but yeah, I, I do believe that there's a deeper meaning uh, behind this this obsession with with uh, with Baby Yoda. But Dakota, I'm sorry, I'm passing it over to you. Um, kind of walk me through your thoughts on, on, on that logic. Oh no! What I want to know is how the fuck after three episodes we've only gotten a holographic image of Moff Gideon when he was like this big bad enemy that was teased at the end of last season. Like I, I was expecting a little bit more of him, but I mean. Yeah, along the lines with what you're saying, maybe it was like a, like a Battlefront 2 type situation where, uh, you know, it was part of the contingency after Palpatine's death. Like you sent one of those fancy ass robots with his face on it. Um, yeah, it's very possible. And again, we don't know where Thrawn is. So he's with Ezra Bridger uh, at this point still probably. I mean, if we're getting Ahsoka Tano, maybe we'll get like an, an inkling as to what happened to Ezra Bridger and why the fuck everyone just forgot about him. Like, again, he was a boring character, but he wasn't that boring. Um, yeah, I, I guess there's a pecking order. I have to imagine, like, we all know Palpatine's got his hands firmly up the ass of everything that happens in the galaxy. So 
I mean, this is probably part of the overarching strategy. Right. Uh, whether it's Thrawn or just Moff Gideon, I guess it remains to be seen. If I see Thrawn live screen in The Mandalorian, I'm probably going to die because he's legitimately one of my favorite characters ever in Star I, Wars. So. I said this, Dakota. I think that's I said, all of ours, yeah. I said The Mandalorian has the ability that most shows don't, like most superhero shows don't. And it's the ability that it legit could be backdoor pilots for so many characters. Bo-Katan should have her own show after this. Uh, Thrawn should have his I own I don't know if she should have their own show. Like, if you do that, you get into, like, this uh, it's too many spinoff things. Kind of like, uh, yeah, what was, uh, there's one show that had an ass load of spinoff. Uh, fucking Doctor Who. There's a shitload of spinoffs the of Doctor Who. The difference and it just, is... The difference is if you do if you do Bo Katan, what makes her story special is it's a Mandalorian, so it's it's like a a branch of that show. But you yeah, have- but we already have the Mandalorian, you know. It's, you get another one, it's going to be like, oh, it's the other Mandalorian. But show. They're, they're no, but they're not the same. I mean, it, it even showed you in that specific episode where he was like, oh, you're not Mandalorian, you took your helmet off. No, but yeah, right. the well, whole I'm the average fan. The average Star Wars fan or the average Disney Plus viewer is going to look at this and be like, oh, that's that other Mandalorian show. Because, I mean, if they're watching The Mandalorian, they don't know who the fuck Bo-Katan is. Like, if you're just watching The Mandalorian and not really, not as hardcore a fan like we are that watched every episode of The Clone Wars and knows who Bo-Katan is, they're just like, oh, okay, this is a new character. Yeah, you know, they're not. You got to think about what the average viewer is, is thinking. I would five years ago, I would have agreed with you. In today's world, we had a Joker on Gotham, a Joker with Jared Leto, and then released a Joker movie, and society existed perfectly fine. Perfectly yeah, with fucking Joaquin Phoenix of all people. Tell me how the fuck that one worked. I have no uh, idea. So <laughs> to me, to me, I, I think I think people would be fine. Um, I mean, it, hell, if you listen to the show, they told you what the distinct difference is between the two of them. I, I, I think people would be fine. And Bo-Katan's show, I think, should take place because um, she has you have so much blank canvas between the end of Clone Wars Season 7 and when she first arrives in Rebels. So you have all that blank canvas. And then the extra blank canvas of after Rebels ended that the last thing you see is her leading the people of Mandalore. Um, so it's like there's so much blank canvas you can go between to, to kind of play with uh, – Bo-Katan that I would personally love them to, to to play with, but Thrawn is the same way. There's so much blank canvas um, between Order 66 and then the start of Rebels. Um, so there's just so much blank canvas. Uh, Ahsoka having her own show, which they've already talked about with Sabine. Um, there's so much blank canvas. So to me, having spinoffs for Star Wars is something that I, I think um, is completely fine and is no different then Marvel giving you 400 movies and then telling you on top of those movies, we're going to do more movies and we're going to do shows that tie into the movies. To me, Star Wars doing that is no different. And if it doesn't grow fatigue for Marvel, I don't see Star Wars being more popular. I don't see it growing fatigue for that shit either. So to me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I completely agree with what you're saying. It's just, um, I don't like, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of oversaturation. Uh, so it's like always going to be a, a possibility. You don't want to water down the market because then it I makes everything you. else a little bit less. 
I feel you, but Dakota, I again will say Marvel is giving us four movies a year. Plus, yeah, TV but they shows. haven't really done any of their shows yet. We don't know if their shows are going to be as much of a hit. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. Until no. you have that solid I'm, base. I'm not, talking, like, I'm not talking about whether they're good or not. I'm talking about the idea of oversaturation. It just doesn't. Yeah. It, it's it's not as big of a of a theory anymore as it might have been five, ten years ago, where it was like, all right, well, Marvel's yeah, going for sure. Yeah. Here. You're now doing the like only reason why people here. talk about oversaturation is because it's because the movie isn't good in general. Right. But when yeah, it comes well, to which Marvel, is the case for Star Wars. Yeah, like Star Wars, the television shows are good. Lately, though, the movies, I I mean, we've, we've gone down this rabbit hole before. Uh, it's just you have to have both things syncing perfectly. And uh, I don't know, like the planning it's isn't hard, good right yeah, now with Star it's Wars. It's hard well, to no. establish a cinematic universe. Like to Marvel. Your point, then, to your point, then, I would say if you're Star Wars, that's even more reason to go harder on your shows is because if you're taking this huge break that, uh, what's her name said they're taking from the movies, excuse me, and your shows build up, even if your movies aren't as great as they should be or aren't as great as Rogue One or whatever, um, if your shows are hitting, you could have 30 shows. The oversaturation won't grow because your movies aren't hitting. Like, it doesn't work. I mean, look at DC. They had, like, a string of bad movies. And people are still going to see DC movies after that. Why? Because they had their own app. doesn't really work. <laughs> they had their own app that just went about as well as any of their movies did. Wait, w- would you say, AJ? I didn't say anything else to Cody. Oh, oh, I- I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you were saying they weren't bad. I was like, all right, hold on, AJ. Uh, yeah, no, no. They're. I am very critical of DC, and that's because, like, originally, that's my favorite comic book company was DC, and like I've always been more of a fan of their animation movies than their live action movies. Their animation movies are incredible. Uh, they just don't have that same magic with live action. And look, everything's getting their legs. It is very hard to establish a cinematic universe. Marvel mm-hmm. kind of just lucked out and did it. They just had a decent, decent enough slate of characters to work with and kind of just really the right timing. Even with Marvel, though, they still had a tough time because... Yeah, that took like eight years yeah. to develop, though. Like, you had Iron Man, then you had to wait. I'm going to say this. To build a universe isn't that difficult because I remind people, you start off with Man of Steel, a hit. You then follow that up with DVX. Regardless, I don't know if it was a hit. Uh, it, was, it was definitely a hit. I don't know, man. No, 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 but, no. You can't judge if Man of Steel was a hit or not by people's um, people's negative response to it. It was a hit because it was a legit a hit in the box office. It made. Oh well, yeah, that's Superman. Any Superman movie is gonna make money. It's, no, it's yeah. no. Brandon Ralph Superman did not make a lot of money. That is not. Hey, true. I will never say a bad word against Brandon Ralph Superman. He did the best that he could. All right, I he had to deal with I Kevin didn't... Spacey. I didn't say anything about that man. <laughs> I just said that that movie did not make a lot of money. So yes, not every not. Uh, movie makes a lot of money. All I'm saying, I'm just saying, is- in today's day and age, like when you get as big a title as a Superman movie, people are gonna go see it because it's Superman. It's not like the days of fucking Superman four, which we all know is just a terrible movie, where you know, like people aren't as 
people aren't as willing to go see it just because it kind of looks like shit. And surprise, surprise, it turned out to be shit. Yeah, but what the point I was making was what Marvel has done is not well, let me not say that. DC easily could have could have copied it. The problem was they allowed their two mishaps to define their entire legacy. Like if you didn't fuck up losing Ben and then mess up Henry, because think about it. Wonder Woman hit, Aquaman hit, Shazam hit, uh, Birds of Prey for all inter you know, and uh, all intensive purposes was a hit. So you go, you had, a, you had a string of really good movies that made a lot of money. You just unfortunately let the backlash from uh, the media define BVS, and then you allowed yourself to self-sabotage Justice League. If Justice League was was good and BVS didn't have that insane uh, negative backlash, you're talking about a string of eight movies that are legit all good movies. And then you follow that up with Henry having his Man of Steel 2, Ben having his solo. We're talking about DC doing great things right now. So I'm like, no, to copy what Marvel did with DC, here's, here's why DC had an easier road than Marvel. No one knew who the fuck these characters were that Marvel was bringing into this world because they weren't popular in the 90s. They weren't popular in the 2000s. They were only popular once Feige made them into movies. Captain America. Know, man. Captain America has been popular forever. And he's I used not, to watch the Iron not, Man cartoon before. Not, not in the overall public's eyes, no. That, that's yeah. my point. The, Captain America was not selling comics, uh, was not selling high point comics in the 90s. Neither was Iron Man. Neither was Thor. It was, if you, if anyone knew anything about Marvel, it was Spider Man, X Men, uh, Fantastic Four, and the Hulk. That Which was is it. that first that generation of like, where Marvel was almost getting there, but they didn't quite have their footing yet. And as he, but I, that's I my mean, point. So if you're DC, yeah. you had an easier road to build your universe. When you go, I'm going to give you Batman. We know that guy. I'm going to give you Wonder Woman. We know that. I'm going to give you Flash. I'm going to give you uh, Superman. You had an easier road to build because everyone knows your your characters. Marvel had a harder road because you're starting off with a character no one cared about. So if that movie wasn't good, you're now reshuffling the deck to figure out how you get this universe off the ground. That's why it's such an accomplishment that he built this for 10 plus years because you started it with characters literally no one cared about. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? You got the casting down, but DC also has this ultimate hangup that I just don't think they're ever going to eclipse and they have the fucking Dark Knight problem. Because no movie they ever make, no superhero movie is ever going to measure up to that. Like, and it's, and this is something that they've been dealing with since 2008. Like, none of DC's movies can ever match that. And it's unfortunate because even if, you know, you get a good superhero movie out of them, it's always going to be compared, well, hey, it wasn't as good as The Dark Knight. Like, yeah, it's the, like, the issue with that is perfection. It's like you've tasted perfection. Like, Everything else is just never going to quite measure up, you know. The issue with that is though is with DC. Uh, sorry, previous um previous to DC was Kevin Sushiara was in charge. Um, the issue with that is he was mainly focused on making an overall overarching story instead of make making one good film. 
right. like what Christopher Nolan did with The Dark Knight or Batman Begins. Right, it's putting the cart before the horse, kind of like what Universal did with that whole Dark Universe fiasco. Right, right. So all, all I'm saying is this. Hey, we kind of steered off the point a little bit, but all I'm saying is this is Star Wars has a lot of bad to do before they ever worry about a, a point of oversaturation. Um, they just need survive. the confidence. Right now, I don't think they have confidence in their in their and, IP, which is fair. But here's here's the thing, AJ. You had a string of three movies that are probably some of the most uh, picked apart movies in Star Wars history of anything mm-hmm. Star Wars, and you survived it. Why? Because you dropped the Mandalorian, and everyone was just kind of like, eh, "All right, all right, yeah, this is great. Let's 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 move forward with this." So to me, it's one of those things where it's like. Everyone remembers the lull between Revenge of the Sith and um and uh shit. What was the Star Wars uh, Force Awakens? Force Awakens. Everyone was so thirsty for a Star Wars movie that it was like, yo, I don't give a fuck what is in this movie. We have just been waiting so long. So the thing is, now that it's here, we're in a world now that completely forgets that time gap that they had between Revenge of the Sith in like 03 and then Force Awakens like four years ago. So now it's kind of just like, it's a Star Wars high. Give me good cartoons. Give me good, uh, you know, give me good um, TV shows. And then work your way up to giving me good movies. To me, Star Wars, build up these TV shows, way back into the movies. Best course of, uh, best course of option if you're Star Wars. But all right, let's move on. Um, Dakota, I'll pass it to you, man. You wanted to talk some Darth Vader. Uh, Vader got some uh, good comics out. Yes, yes. Actually, over the pretty much over the past six months, I would say, uh, just great comic after great comic. Uh, so far in the comic series since the last time we talked, uh, Vader was in the process of locating Padme's tomb. Uh, he also encountered all of uh, Padme's handmaidens. Uh, Sabe was one of them. Like, there's this whole great story, and then he gets to her tomb and stuff, and like you, you just see there's this the flash of Anakin in him, and the way it's written and illustrated, it's just beautiful. Um, then he gets back to uh, the Emperor, and the Emperor like beats the living shit out of him because he can tell that okay, you're starting to lose him. Uh, you know, there's this great scene on Mustafar where Vader literally goes in the fucking lava and just chills and comes out like a G. Um, Wait, great Dakota, is, is that the same comic to where it, it's it's right after um, Anakin becomes Vader? So it's like he's looking for his own lightsaber. Palpatine has him going through different trials. Uh, there's even a uh, moment. Yeah, this, yeah, no, this is a little bit. This is after that. I know what okay. you're talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah, this is uh this is after that. I think this okay. is uh what was set up in Vader Immortal, which was the whole uh Vader on Mustafar building the castle, the whole mask and moment thing. Okay. Um, okay. Was to was resurrect the- Padme because this is the event that precipitated that, I believe, was uh him finding Padme's tomb. Uh yeah. you know, him yeah. feeling that conflict on the inside. Um, so I think that's where more or less where it was going. Um, there are 
there's a great YouTube channel that goes through all of it. It's Star Wars Comics. Uh, his Darth Vader videos are great. He does a really good job presenting and uh, going through the comics. And I would highly recommend them to anyone who just likes kick-ass Darth Vader moments. Yeah, the one that I'm I'm reading currently um, is, is, like I told you, is uh, literally the rise of Darth Vader. He's literally going around killing Jedi Master without a lightsaber. Um, and he's literally going through, like, these trials. And It was this one moment where Vader kind of, like, stood up to Palpatine, and Palpatine was like, I, excuse me? And Vader was like, oh, yeah, my bad. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. He was like, all right, yeah, yeah, bitch, don't forget. Um, and, like, I, I'm just loving seeing, like, the growth of Vader, seeing him get these robotic legs and then break a leg off and then reattach. Like, it's just, it's so dope what, what Vader's doing in this. Um, very menacing. Again, I, me and AJ were saying this, Dakota, we desperately want to get as far away from the Skywalker saga as possible. But if there were one last thing they could do for the, uh, the Skywalker saga, it legit would be to give us all that empty canvas of right after Anakin became Vader. Give us all that. Like literally the rise of Vader. Um where everyone still thinks Anakin's completely dead. No one knows that he became Vader. Give us all that. Even what you're talking about, going to Mustafar, building the, like, give us all that. Um, and let that be like the last hurrah of the Skywalker saga. Um, I think would be dope. It would be perfect. It would finally give us what we want, which is Darth Vader out here murking Jedi. Um, and him being able to walk a lot better than what he was able to do in the original ones. <laughs> but um, that would be like my last wish for like the Skywalker saga. Um, but no, definitely make sure you guys check out the Vader comics. Um, definitely appreciate Dakota wanting to bring that up. Because from what I started reading, I'm like, I'm freaking hooked. Um, we, we also wanted to talk a little bit about... Um, uh star wars squadron uh aj you haven't played squadron yet have you i have not i have not either so dakota this is you teeing us up star wars uh squadron well i mean it's basically like a modern retelling of uh like i'm a child i'm 27 years old so this is like uh when I was a kid, when we had the computer and stuff i had star wars uh x-wing and we had tie fighter uh, which were two because I was big into flight simulators. So a Star Wars flight simulator is right up my alley. Uh, and this is like a modern retelling of that. And I think it was beautifully done. I can finally just fucking go insane on a capital ship. Like, I don't, I cannot tell you how satisfying it is to take apart an Imperial Star Destroyer piece by piece. Like, it's just so much fun. Uh, just beautifully done, well executed, like, it's it's a fun game, and I would highly recommend it, especially because it's not a sixty dollar game. It was never it, it was released as uh, thirty nine ninety nine. So I mean, it was cool EVA to do that. There's no microtransactions. Uh, you know, the online's pretty cool. I'm not a huge online player, but um, you know, it's it's definitely fun. The offline is pretty challenging too. Like it's not terrible. Uh, so definitely well worth at least checking out, you know? Yeah, it's funny, Dakota, because me and you were talking that Star Wars uh, aircrafts or, or, you know, any of their uh, flight mechanics don't get enough love. Like, no one really talks about that. And it's like... No, and that, 
Yeah, it trips me out because anyone who's ever played, like, imagine Star Wars as a kid, like, you know, you'd play with the sticks and act like there are lightsabers, and then you'd fucking act like you're flying in a TIE fighter or an X-Wing and shit. So it's like, you know, people grew up with these vehicles, you know? Like, granted, they're completely non-existent, and any information you have about them is completely useless due to the fact that they don't exist. But it's still... (laughs) doesn't stop me from going and reading every fucking vehicle characteristic I can ever find because I have a weird fascination for shit like that. I mean, I, I tell you this now, I was so addicted to the AT-ATs that uh, it was came out for, it was a Toys R Us exclusive. Um, it was literally like over $100. And it was Han, uh, Leia, no, I think it was Han, Chewie, um, like a stormtrooper, and it was like a really large AT-AT that you could like put the figures in. And when I tell you, I love the shit out of that thing um, because I'm like, it just it fascinates me so much. Like those things are so freaking uh, cool. And then it's like the one thing Star Wars did that like crushed my heart when I when I finally saw it when I was a kid was like how easily one guy was just like, hey, those legs are really long. What if we just put like string around them and like tried to trip them up? And it was like, shit. <laughs> like, that's the one thing I don't think they planned for. <laughs> it's like, damn, yeah, that's really smart. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Vehicles don't get enough love, man. And most of these ships and, and aircrafts are like really freaking dope, but no one gives them enough time to really kind of like flesh out how cool they are. Um, it's just kind of like, no, does it have a lightsaber? It's a ship. It can't, oh, I don't really care then. It's like, you're missing out, but uh, definitely uh, it's something I'm, I plan on checking out. Uh, Star Wars has released a few games on the Switch uh, that are pretty cheap, and they look it. Um, but but they look like fun games uh, nonetheless. But um, moving on, um, I did want to talk. I wanted us to get into our Star Wars theories. Uh, shout out to Theory on YouTube. He has Star Wars, uh, his channel Star Wars Theories. He has a lot of great theories. Me and AJ were kicking around the can for a few of them. Um, I, I'll kick it off here. Uh, I was telling AJ my favorite one was Dakota because it's the most unlikely. And it was the one of Obi-Wan um, siding with Anakin uh, and joining and joining Anakin on the dark side. Now, what's funny about that is, is I was just watching. I didn't even know they had this. James Arnold Taylor and Sam Witwer did a podcast for season seven of star Wars. Um, and they were breaking down, I, I assume, which was each episode, but I only saw one. And James was talking about how it's almost impossible to get uh, Obi-Wan to ever turn because he is like outside of Qui-Gon, who was like literally the perfect Jedi. Obi-Wan was literally the most disciplined Jedi ever. And he said his biggest trial was when Duchess died and Darth Maul killed her, he easily could have succumbed to the dark side right then and there. All of the anger that he's ever felt, all of the failure of him not taking out Maul when he had the opportunities to. Um, And he was saying that it could have all leaped out in that moment, but it didn't. And Sam Witwer was saying what he also loved about Obi-Wan was, and I want to go to you, Dakota, tell me if you notice this, he said what he loved the most about the end battle between Obi-Wan and Maul and Rebels was Obi-Wan kind of succumbed to his more immature self with the stance that he took with the lightsaber. And then he realized like, oh shit, like that's what 
that's what got me messed up before. And then he takes the Qui-Gon stance. Um, that kind of throws Maul off a little bit enough for for Kenobi to take him out. And I was just like, that was really like amazing, uh, vis- you know, like, you know, a, a, an amazing visual that Filoni had set up in that last battle. But how far off would it be, Dakota, for Obi-Wan to ever succumb to the dark side? I think it would be highly unlikely. Uh, like you say, Obi-Wan is like, and I, I don't want to be that person. Qui-Gon was not the perfect Jedi. He was very, very frequently came into conflict with the council. Uh he was a very, he was, this is why Dooku eventually split. This is why Dooku said in episode two, Qui-Gon would have seen why Dooku did the way that he did. I'm not saying uh, Qui-Gon would have endorsed him or, you no, know. No, no. Okay. Let me really quickly before yeah. you continue, let me say this. What I, what I mean, and, and I'm sorry, I should have elaborated more. That was just way too broad of me, uh, of a thing for me to say. What I mean by Qui-Gon was a perfect Jedi was, what his what his ideals were is exactly yeah, what the Jedi Order yeah. should have been. That's how the Jedi yeah. Order should have been. And if they were that way, there would have been it would have been almost impossible to pull guys like Anakin or Dooku because you would have been you would have rode the line of what was necessarily right, but the human side of how people reacted to things, and you would have been able to bring Anakin. Like the one, the only reason Sidious was able to take Anakin away from Obi Wan was because Sidious pulled on. Not only did he manifest and pull on Anakin's biggest fear, but he felt as though he Anakin felt as though he could utterly and fully trust Palpatine. And a guy that never grew up with a father that looked to Qui Gon as a father, looked at Obi Wan as a father. He he needed that. And when the Council turned their back on him. He went with a guy that he fully believed in. And that was the biggest downfall of the Jedi, that if Qui-Gon was there, never would have happened. You know what I'm saying? We all know that if Qui-Gon was alive, Palpatine would have, he would have tried to find someone else because it wouldn't have worked with Anakin. Qui-Gon wouldn't have let that shit pop off. So I'm like, that's a good segue because my favorite theory one is uh, what if Qui-Gon was, or what if Obi-Wan was killed by Maul instead of, uh, Qui-Gon. Uh, and it is true because Anakin would not have fallen to the dark side had Qui-Gon been his master instead of Obi-Wan. Because Obi-Wan was more like a brother to him, uh, whereas Qui-Gon was a straight-up father figure. Like uh, Anakin, there was always a point, like even, even in his Darth Vader years, he still thought of Qui-Gon and held respect for him. Right, and what's super important about what you're saying, AJ, I'm going to let you come in here and give your theory also. But what's super important about Qui-Gon's relationship with Anakin was if Anakin came to Qui-Gon and said, listen, I'm having these terrible nightmares of Padme dying and I'm terrified. What do I do? Qui-Gon would have led him down the right path of, look, man, sometimes you lose people, you know, and and, and it it happens. There's nothing that can stop that. Or, because we do know what's, what I find to be, so apropos about Anakin's fear is some could say his aggression to Padme is what killed her. Um, him turning to the dark side is what killed her. Um, but to me, Qui-Gon just wouldn't have let Anakin go down a path of ever feeling neglected, ever feeling as though he didn't have anyone he could trust 
And those were the biggest tipping points for Anakin in his conversion to the dark side is that he thought he lost the respect of the council, uh, the ear of the council, everything that he had been working so hard to gain. Um, they, he felt as though the respect wasn't there. Um, and Qui-Gon wouldn't have let that shit pop off. He really wouldn't have. He really, really, really wouldn't have. And what's crazy is, you know what I find the most funny, Dakota? The most, the person that is most like Qui-Gon, I felt was Ahsoka. And I thought Qui-Gon would have done what Ahsoka ended up doing, and he would have left the Order well before he would have ever let them disrespect Anakin like that. The kid worked way too goddamn hard for you to look him in the eye and go, no, 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 you can't be us. So to me, I, I just think Qui-Gon living would have just drastically changed Anakin's outcome. I agree with that. That's a fair point. Um, yeah, I, I do think, because again, we can reference what Dooku said in episode two, uh, which is, you know, Qui-Gon would have seen the, the things that Dooku saw. And I'm not saying Dooku was ever right, right in doing the things that he did, but he felt a certain way and that caused him to leave the Jedi, which is how Palpatine found him, uh, which again speaks to Palpatine's ability to manipulate people because he picked this guy who just left the Jedi Order and was all full of this resent and stuff, and he molded him. He he played him. Yep. Um, I mean, you which, can make the case, Dakota, that if um, Qui-Gon was still alive, Dooku wouldn't have turned. You could make no, that case yeah, no. yeah, Dooku would still be alive, I... I I imagine, and yeah, Anakin would have never turned. Nope, nope. Picture how fucking powerful the Jedi Order would have been. Dooku, Qui-Gon, Mace, Yoda, Anakin. Come on, that starting five is ridiculous, bro. Like, yeah. Palpatine would have been dead within, like, the, the course of, like, two months. Like I don't think so. It, if all that happened, and if they were as strong as what you're saying, then then Palpatine would be as strong because there has to be an equal amount of force within each other. Well, no, because Mace single-handedly almost killed Palpatine. That's that's why I hate the prequels. That's so inconsistent. Fair, fair. But I'm only going off of the canvas that was built. So I'm saying that if Mace could single-handedly take on Palpatine, you're not telling me a starting five of Yoda, Qui-Gon, Anakin, um, Dooku, and Mace wouldn't have killed. But do you, do you think there would be an Order 66 if if Palpatine know, knew he wouldn't be able to um, convert Anakin? I don't think he would have he would have done an Order 66 if he knew he couldn't. Well, I mean, a lot of things. Anakin was an important part of his plan. In order 66. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, but again, that only came because Qui-Gon was dead. You don't turn Anakin if Qui-Gon's not dead. Exactly. So Did Palpatine have a backup plan for Anakin? I don't know. I don't know. We'll never know. I don't know. That's a that's a that's a fun what if. Um, what what was his backup plan? I mean, because remember in Clone Wars, remember he told Maul, I have plans for you. We never saw those plans manifest. Would Maul have been his backup plan if Anakin didn't work out? Who knows? We we, we don't know. But I don't know. I, I, I do see him invoking Order 66 a lot sooner if he felt as though there was no other alternative. Order 66 just would not have worked 
as effectively as it did when you literally depleted the Jedi Order um, by literally separating everyone and then isolating them to where Anakin's taking on Obi, Yoda's taking on Sidious, Mace is dead. Uh, you know, you're, you're taking on Plo Koon and everybody else is on mission, so they're not really like on guard. I think Qui-Gon would have seen Order 66 coming. Yoda wouldn't have been as as clouded in his judgment to kind of miss it. Um, so I, again, Qui-Gon being alive legit almost could have altered the entire Star Wars universe. Um, that's how important of a character he was. Um, so I don't, I don't know. But AJ, I'll kick it to you, man. Um, what what is well, what were one of your favorite? Uh, no, continue. Since, but what was one of your favorite what ifs? Yeah, since we are still on Order sixty six, my favorite one was, what if Order sixty six failed? So with that, you will have Plo Koon that survived. Ki Adi Mundi would have survived. Um, Sakura would have survived. I think. Um, just basically any any Master Jedi that was in tune with the force greatly, I think we all would all survive. And then you have, um, then Yoda would have sent Obi-Wan and Plo Koon to Muscar based on the video. Um, Yoda would have faced Palpatine along with um, Plo Koon, um, Mundi, Sakura and other Jedi. Um, they would all face Palpatine. Um, then it has Yoda. Um, Yoda would have killed Palpatine within that moment. Right. Then Plo Koon and Obi Wan arrested Anakin. Mm-hmm. Then and then Luke and Leia would have been together training in the Force with along with the other Jedi. Though one thing I want to touch on is Yoda killing Palpatine. Um, if Yoda kills Palpatine and Anakin is arrested, um, how would Anakin escape? And I'm going to expand on that a little bit more. I would say um, bring Plagueis into the um, into the fold. Um, we hear the tragedy story of Darth Plagueis the Wise. Um, use that mythology. Um, actually, have it mean <laughs> mean something within the context of the movie. Um, I think Plagueis would be a perfect antagonist for the Jedi continue forward and having him train Anakin to be stronger and he wouldn't have Anakin wouldn't have um the mechanical parts since he survived the I tell you I tell you what your your what if intrigues me for this main purpose um because they get they get in they get in depth in in that what if but I tell you this Anakin Human Anakin at his peak versus a Luke that's been trained since birth. And Leia. Woo! And Leia. Woo! Leia would be able to... I think Leia... If Leia was trained at the same time, I think she would be able to compete with Luke at the same time. Oh, so it would be for sure. Anakin, Luke versus... Sorry, yeah. Luke versus um, Anakin. I tell and, you what. that that That's like Tyson versus uh, uh, Muhammad Ali, man. That's... That's a battle that is worth the money. Seeing uh, father versus son and daughter, mm-hmm. that'd be that for sure be dope. Uh, Dakota, did you have anything to add to AJ's what if before um, I close this up on what if? 
No, I thought it was a pretty good one. Uh, I would for sure love to see Anakin versus Luke versus Leia. That'd be, that'd be incredible. Battle of the Skywalkers. Like only yes. one can live. It's and like, then you wait, have what? Plagueis versus everybody else. Um, yeah. I honestly think if they do bring back um, Plagueis, he should be stronger than Palpatine, even though Palpatine thinks he's stronger than Plagueis. I think it will be a, a cool move to see Star Wars to do. Um, well, I mean, he killed Plagueis. I mean, yeah, but it was in his sleep. It, it was in his sleep. That's, hey, hey, that's AJ, not strong. AJ, <laughs> if your name is AJ the Wise and I can kill you in your sleep, nah, I'm stronger than you, dog. No, you're not. That's just a cheap dog. move. You're, How you're, you not see that coming? You're supposed yeah. to be wise. How you think I'm not going to kill you in your sleep? Who's when you're the weakest? Uh, maybe he did on purpose. That was all his plans. Hey, see? Hey, that's fair. Hey, chestnut checkers, I'm with you. Um, I will say to close this out on what if the two what ifs that stood out to me the most were what if Anakin took Luke and Leia and trained them himself. Um, you know, obviously he's still on the dark side and he trains Luke and Leia himself. That blew my mind. I was like, holy, holy, holy. Uh, and then the other one was I don't know if you guys saw this one. I think I, I think I had this correct. It's um. What if Anakin turned back to the good side? So Anakin at his full height power is, you know, about to kill Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan talks him down, Um, which, by the way, Dakota, that is the most undisciplined Obi-Wan has ever been, is in that moment where Anakin gives him an opening to talk him down, and instead Obi-Wan leads with anger. Um, it, it only fuels that situation more. Um, but in, in this in this scenario of, of the what if, um, oh no 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 no, I have it confused. I'm sorry. It's the one I told you about, AJ. Sorry, Dakota. Did you see the one on what if Darth Maul raised Anakin? Yes, I have. I've seen pretty much all of them. Okay, uh, it's a really good one. Did you remember how how powerful Anakin got when he just murdered everybody? Yes, that yes, was dope as shit. So okay, so That's AJ, like Star Killer Anakin. That's insane. Right. So okay. So AJ. So he was trained obviously fully in the dark side, fully in the dark side. Darth Maul then has the same plan that Vader had with Star Killer, which was. Hey, we're powerful enough to kill the emperor, and then we can be like the strongest. So Anakin has that, but then he has a coming to God moment where he he sees Qui Gon, and he kind of realizes the error of his ways. But he's still so powerful in rage, so he like murders Darth Maul in like the worst. He murders Darth Maul so bad. Wait, was it Darth Maul or Sidious that he murders so bad? Obi Obi Wan and Yoda were like, I can't even look at this shit. <laughs> like that is so gross. Um, it was AJ. When you get a chance, please watch that. It is so insane how crazy powerful Anakin was. Um, but yeah, no, th- those were definitely the two what ifs that stood out to me the most. Because it was just like, whoa, that's a crazy concept. Um, but before we round this out, I wanted to talk about my Kylo Ren theory. AJ has heard me uh, rattle this off at nauseum. Uh, but Dakota, we haven't talked Star Wars in a while. So what I was pitching was a um, Disney Plus series 
where you kind of let it be as mature as the Mandalorian is. Um, and it's the story of Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker, um, Timothy Chalamet as uh, Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren. Um, and it's and it's a story to where you're kind of improving off of what Ryan Johnson was doing uh, in The Last Jedi. And what that is, is it's Luke obviously training all the Jedi and Kylo and him obviously having a disagreement. And um, Sidious, a.k.a. Uh, Snoke, putting thoughts in Kylo's head, putting thoughts in his head. And, you know, you, you're turning him more and more and more. And then obviously you have that moment where Luke senses it, tries to kill him. Kylo, uh, Ben realizes it. And it's legit expounding on what Ryan was doing in that. So it's Luke fighting to get Kylo back. And us finally seeing him, uh, the rise of Kylo in, in the Knights of Ren, start killing off Jedi. So it's Luke trying to fight his way to Kylo to redeem him. And we're seeing literally the height of Kylo taking on all these Jedi uh, that Luke is training. And then we, we finally get what we should have gotten in The Last Jedi, which is a proper battle between Luke and Kylo. Obviously, before it ends in a stalemate, Luke goes off in exile. Kylo goes on to become the dopest mofo on, uh, in the galaxy. Um, but I'm like, if you do a series like that, a one-off, we don't need a season one, season two, season three a one-off, eight to 12 episodes of that, I'm telling you, it will only heighten, which is already a great legacy for Kylo Ren that Adam Driver has left us. And I'm telling you, I would be, I would buy 39 subscriptions myself to make sure that this has all the views that it needs. Um, what would you think about a series like that, Dakota? I can definitely get behind it. Uh, I would, I, like you said, it would give us anything more than the movies did. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that's just backstory that obviously we need. Uh, yeah, I, I could totally get behind that if it's like a limited series. Yep. I just don't want to spend like six seasons getting No, not at all. That. Just one one season. And, it, it, and the point of the one season is to give us like a movie, but in show form, like limited series show form. Um, because obviously the events after that we've seen in the movie. So there is no, like, there's not a large canvas that you need to go down past just that. Um, bring Sebastian Stan in as Luke. He could do an amazing job. Fucking looks like a young, uh, Mark Hamill. Um, Timothy Chalamet as a young Kylo. And finally we can see the Knights of Ren do something. Like I'm like, you built up the Knights of Ren. You give it just going to stand menacingly. Go ahead, say it again. Uh, oh no, they're just gonna stand menacingly everywhere. <laughs> when I that tell you, that pissed me wait, off. Wait, time out. Sam. But wait, AJ, can I say? Remember how when they asked uh, Ryan Johnson and and JJ Abrams, like, you know, were you guys talking like when you were making uh, your your movies? And it was like, yeah, we were keeping a good conversation. That lets you know for a fact that is bullshit. Here's why: Ryan Johnson had no idea what to do with Finn. No idea. Absolutely no idea what to do with Finn or Captain Phasma or the Knights of Ren. He clearly had no idea. Same way J.J. Abrams had no idea what to do with Rose. Literally looked at Rose and was like, I don't know, I don't know what to do with you. I, what was Ryan trying to do? He was like, I don't know. That's how you know they did not communicate not fucking once in, in the making of their two movies. 
They had no communication. Captain Phasma was wasted even more in the second movie than she was in the first movie because Ryan Johnson had no idea what to do with Phasma. At least she got a buck, though. That buck was really good. That is true. That is true. Um, But I'm like, the Knights of Ren were built up so much. And um, goddamn, why do I keep forgetting what the first movie was? Uh, (laughs) Force Awakens. Um, To be like this menacing group. We see them. uh, No, uh, I don't even think we see them in uh, The Last Jedi. We obviously see them in Rise of the Skywalker. And it's just like, J.J., what the? What did you do? Like, what? What were they? What were they supposed to be? Um, so, you bring them into the show, and having them take on Jedi, you can really showcase their true potential, uh, along with really showing how powerful Kylo was. I still, to this day, think Kylo stopping that blast midair is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in Star Wars history. Um, so I'm like, expound upon that, man. Show how powerful he really was starting to become, because the movies did not do him any justice whatsoever um so i'm like yeah limited series pretty dope but aj uh would you watch that limited series 100 i i like the idea uh sebastian stan no great actor um timothy charmley amazing actor so who wouldn't be behind this series i would be so hyped and the one struggle i would have is um I don't know if you need to introduce a younger Han or a younger Leia. I think that might just be better left left alone. Um, and it's more so just Luke's journey to try to redeem Kylo. Um, you can save the parent redemption for what the movies actually did. Um, but one question I want to give before uh, we, we get out of here. Dakota, do you ever look back? I want to start with you, then I'm going to go to you, AJ. Do you ever look back at that silhouette scene of Kylo killing um, Han and just go, that is one of the more best cinematic scenes in Star Wars live action history. Or do you look at that scene and kind of go, that was more overrated um, than, than anything? I don't look at that as either because Han is like one of my favorite characters and I was just more devastated that they actually killed him. Uh, so oh, it was more like just a, I know when I first saw it, I'm like, you mother, like I was like, motherfucker. And that was in the theater too. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I think the reason why I loved it, and who doesn't fucking love Han Solo? I mean, the guy is legit. I think Han Solo is what made Star Wars famous, you know, obviously outside of Darth Vader. Um, but you look at that scene, and I love the trickery of it. I love where Kylo is like, I know what I have to do, but I'm not strong enough to do it. And to, like, the viewer, we're like, oh, he's talking about, like, turning back to the good side. And it's like, help him, Han. And it's like, no, that's not what he meant. He meant, he, he in that moment, he didn't know if he was strong enough to kill his dad to show that he's truly Sith. And when his dad gave him that strength to like, I can kill this motherfucker. All right, give me a second. And I love that because it's like, you didn't expect it. You didn't expect, who kills off Han Solo? You know, so it's like, that's what I loved about that scene. And I loved how, right before Kylo made that decision, the silhouette of how dark it became in that room to kind of showcase like, oh, he's embracing the dark side and he needs this to fulfill it. Um, and I, I loved it. I, I, I loved it. It's still one of my all-time favorite Star Wars scenes ever. 
um, because it's such a major swerve with the dialogue and then the silhouette. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, AJ, did, did you love that, or or did you kind of view it as, as a bit overrated? Are you or, or are you with Dakota to where you were kind of just like, yo, what the fuck? Why would you kill Han? Yeah, I loved it the same reason basically you had Juwan. So yeah, it was just a beautiful ass silhouette, man. It, it really caught me off guard. Um, but guys, this was a great bounce back episode of Star Wars Saturday. Was there a topic that I missed, Dakota? Before we uh we wrap this up, yeah, I think we uh think we got to the main ones we wanted to get to. So, absolutely, yeah, we got a... we got more topics, and we're really all looking forward to episode four of Star Up. Uh, shit, I was about to say Star Wars or Clone Wars of <laughs> the Mandalorian. God damn, I missed that show. Um, of I the- will say I'm cautiously optimistic. Really? Why you say that? Up. I don't know because I don't because again kind of middling season so far i just i, I don't want to get like 20 minutes of filler and then like 30 seconds of ahsoka tano and then credits yeah i kind of feel like you're i kind of feel like because here's the thing we know filoni is like a, a, a co-producer on this show ahsoka is his daughter there's no way they fucked this up mainly because there's no way ahsoka is in more than just this one episode in my opinion so there's no way you waste it. Just like they didn't waste Bo-Katan, there's no way you waste Ahsoka. I, I, I do not believe they waste it. Um, my biggest trepidation is how many questions get answered. I don't, wanna, I don't want this episode to end and I got more fucking questions. Answer some of this shit, man, before you give me more questions for me to wait for more answers of. Start answering stuff. Like, if it's just Ahsoka, where's Sabine? What happened to your search of Ezra? Like, there's, there's certain things that I do want answered. Uh, the main thing I'm looking forward to is, like, Mando showing up and going, here, take this. And Ahsoka going, um, no. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? I thought you were supposed to. No, I don't do that shit. I, I, I don't do that. <laughs> you got the wrong one. I, I, I don't want kids. No, no, thank you. Um, but, no, I, I think Dave Filoni does not let Favreau waste an episode with Ahsoka. No way, no how. Um, AJ, uh, what are your thoughts? AJ? AJ? What happened? <laughs> what are your thoughts? Do, do you think that there's any possibility that uh, this could possibly be a potential wasted episode with Ahsoka? Uh, or do you think Dave Filoni will, would never let that happen? Well, who's directing that? Oh, I don't know, but Dave Filoni, you know, is like a co-producer. So, I mean, ah- I'll tell you this. Ahsoka being in this show is not because uh, John Favreau sat back and was like, yo, you know it would be cool? Ahsoka. No, that's completely Dave, uh, Dave Filoni walking in a room and was like, yo, yo, but Ahsoka, though? Like, that's definitely Dave Filoni. Like, that's 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 definitely his brainchild, like her being in, in this show, period. Well, any anything can be a potential waste of time with um, TV series. So uh, I don't think it's going to be a wasted episode, but never say never. <laughs> Basically, hey, I, I have hopes. I have hopes that we get Ahsoka in this episode. If we learned anything from this recent trilogy, it's that the words never say never cannot and will not exist in the Star Wars world as we know it today. So... Yeah, who knows? But hopefully they do her justice. Hopefully we get a lot of questions answered. 
Uh, and who knows? Maybe we get a little bit of Sabine. Maybe we get a little bit of answers about Ezra. Who knows? Um, I just hope it's a good episode. And I guess I have all the faith in the world that it would be because the last episode was great. I mean, I'm biased because it had Bo-Katan, but um, I thought that was a great episode. And it, it answered a lot of what the fuck she's been up to and why, um, you know, and, and the motivations behind her wanting this dark saber, uh, this dark saber so bad. But um, I'm looking forward to it, guys. Can't wait to break it down with you guys on an all new Star Wars Saturday. But till then, guys, may the force be with you guys always in Dakota. Thank you for a great bounce back episode. And AJ, we had a marathon of a podcast day, man. Um, so I hope people really enjoy uh, the amount of work we put into all these episodes. But thank you guys for joining me for this all new episode. And we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace. Bye. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.